0: The following podcast is a B and E network exclusive. The opinions expressed in nerds on the left do not necessarily reflect those of the B and E Podcast Network or any affiliated podcasts. Enjoy the show. Like, I don't even know how to
1: start. You know, I think one of the worst things about it is I'm a straight white man. I get my insurance through my employer. I'm going to be fine. But that's almost worse because I know how so many people that are going to get just royally fucked by this. And I can't do anything. I feel like I should be able to do more, but I can't. There's nothing else I can do. I mean, I can be out protesting i can put my voice out there but the election's over this shit's happening
0: yeah for real. all right let's start this bitch all right welcome to another episode of nerds on the left um i have to warn you this one's a sad one there's no other way to say it it's, it's y'all know I, I, it's been what three days now and i still feel like i'm walking around in the matrix like, I feel like everything's got a green tint to it. I'm living in a f- fake world, especially the day after. I can't even put it into words. Like, I, I, I was literally ill all day long.
1: Yeah, I was just in a fog. I went straight from the election to work, and all day people were, like, asking me, what's wrong? You know me. You know, goddamn, couldn't well what's wrong.
0: Yeah, uh, somebody was trying to be really nice because I didn't say anything all day long. Uh, when that Wednesday, that next Wednesday after the election, and she was leaving, she was like, "Hey, are you okay? You didn't say anything all day." And I just kind of like looked at her, and was like, "I'll see you tomorrow." <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't even respond to her like real question. It's pretty sad.
1: Let's be honest. Our demographic is going to be the people least affected. Uh, for sure. In fact, we actually might get some perks. I'm upset that we lost, but I'm more upset because Obamacare is going to be repealed, so that's millions of people who had insurance for probably the first time ever. It's going to lose it. Roe v. Wade's going to be in danger. We're going to have a conservative Supreme Court probably for a good 20 years. I'm just praying that Ruth Bader Ginsburg can hold out until... You know, the next election until we can get a Democrat back because otherwise we are just irrevocably fucked.
0: Well, it, it, it's been a few days and we I think we've been both been avoiding saying it, but Trump won the Electoral College and won the election.
1: Yeah, it happened. It's like some dark part of me wants to, to believe that the Russians hacked the election, but I I don't think so. I think it's just how the country went. I talk about people living in a conservative bubble. I I think we were living in a liberal bubble. We thought there is no way in hell that Donald Trump, with all the terrible things he said, would ever have a shot in hell of becoming president. We were thinking we were going to get the presidency, possibly the Senate, and close the gap in the House. And not a damn one of those things happened. No, we just the
0: opposite. Yeah. We lost ground where we thought we were going to gain ground. I
1: think we really underestimated the anger that was out there from both sides. Because I know there are some of the Bernie bros that voted Trump. I, I don't know why. Because if you would have put the anger aside for two seconds and looked at policy, you probably wouldn't have done that.
0: Well, it's important for us to really know why it happened. I don't want to play the blame game too much. Because nothing we do now necessarily is going to change the outcome. No. We can only prepare for 2018 and the midterm elections.
1: And just try to mitigate the damage.
0: Yeah. And I, I got to say, like when I found out that Trump was elected, that she lost Florida, she lost Michigan, she lost... Did she lose Pennsylvania? Yeah. I don't remember. She did lose Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania went red. Which, wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. So when she lost all three of those... That's when it, I physically felt pain. It was, it was the worst pain I've ever felt. The second most, after we recorded on Friday, um, I stayed up way too late playing video games, that kind of shit. Went to bed at probably like two in the morning. Woke up at three, with some stomach pain. Uh, I went to the bathroom, like ah, you know, Taco Bell, you know, yeah. this happens to everybody. And then it started hurting like far lower. And then it started going around my back. I went, fuck, is my appendix about to explode inside <laughs> of me? Am I going to die before I even see the first woman president? Which, you know, obviously that didn't happen. But I also didn't die, which yeah. makes me happy. But I woke Melissa up. I was like, you know what, babe? I think we might have to go to the emergency room. I felt like the my insides were having a seizure. Like my lower guts were having a seizure. And I got cold and numb and tingly in all kinds of places no clue what was going on i get to the er doctor comes in once i'm in the actual room at this point i'm sweating and writhing in pain and i can't stop moaning I, i'm not gonna moan on air but but like it it was not fun ended up i had kidney stones Ooh, yeah those are the worst so i'm laying there in pain the doctor ends up typing for about 20 minutes before giving me any kind of pain medications. The second I get that sweet, sweet pain medication flowing through into my IV, I'm perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. I have no problem whatsoever. They gave me all these medications like, oh, no, this is going to hurt. You're going to pass this kidney stone. I passed it there in the hospital, like, into the sample, like, piss cup. <laughs> uh, well, that was fast. I was still on the drugs that they shot into me, and they still sent me home with you know, a pharmacy worth of drugs. That was now the second worst pain I felt. And supposedly that's supposed to be like childbirth.
1: Do you still have the pharmacy of drugs? Come on, sir.
0: You never know when you're going to need a good pharmaceutical cornucopia in the kitchen cabinet. Oh man. But uh, I, I want to get off Trump for a little bit. I I can only I can only stand it for so long, you know. I can only talk about it for so long. Like, yesterday, for the very first time, I had to say, President-elect Trump. I had to say it, and I instantly...
1: Just
0: started... Yeah, it hurt. uh, It it physically hurt. Like, my stomach knotted up a little bit, and I felt ill.
1: And you... And for about 10 minutes, you still have the taste in your mouth. Just (laughs) Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oddly enough, it kind of tastes like Cheeto dust, but without the flavor. (laughs) What's been going on in the nerdy world? Like... Uh, I've been so swept up in the election that I haven't had a chance to look at almost anything.
1: There's been a couple of interesting developments. Uh, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare dropped, which you know, is probably interesting for quite a few of our listeners. And Activision made a somewhat controversial decision. They decided they were not going to promote crossplay between Windows 10 and Steam basically splits the um, you know splits your player base
0: yeah and it's all playing on pc yeah so why would they do that and and at the same time when did windows 10 get its own store
1: you know i think that might be part of why they did it because they figured eh, no one's playing on that anyway
0: so apparently what happened why this was brought up at all is because a player bought the windows 10 version of call of duty infinite warfare not knowing about the it didn't do cross-play.
1: Right, just assuming that it would because why wouldn't it? Why
0: wouldn't it, exactly. He bought the game and then he couldn't find anyone to play online with. Like, literally, he, he could find one other player. And the reason is only two people bought the game <laughs> on, and, Windows 10. on Windows 10 and were playing at that time.
1: And it just blows my mind because, I mean, there are games that can cross-play between console and PC. And you can't cross play between two PC stores. It's just. And you're one of the biggest games companies in the world. Mm -hmm. Like it or not, COD is. You know. It's almost the gold standard of first person shooters if you're not talking, you know, competitive.
0: I would have agreed with you six years ago it's uh, in my eyes call of duty has has gone downhill every iteration um since probably 4 no not 4 cuz 4 was 4 was good um 4 was the first one that was really really good um probably since ghost since okay. ghost i've seen a, a, a it just each iteration has gotten worse and worse and now they're all more unbelievable than ever. It's not. It's not like it's a. It's war anymore. It's it's fantasy, and then they've added in like some dancing elements and all kinds of costumes, and uh, it's just it's gotten it's gotten all over the place.
1: You could say some of the same stuff about Battlefield, though, right?
0: I don't see World War Two guys out there dancing around in mustard clouds. <laughs> okay, like no, I I, I, right. I don't. So, yeah,
1: I mean, I'm first person shooter is not my genre at all. Mm-hmm. To me they both seem not maybe not these last iterations because one's the future and one's World War 1. But if they're in the same timeline, I couldn't tell the games apart. That's just me. It seems like they come out with a new one every year with a couple a slight tweak mm-hmm. and they get a shit ton of money. So
0: Well, I I was a big fan of Call of Duty when it first came out. Uh, and like me and my buddies would always get to bl- get together and, and play on Xbox Live together, um, and then you know one day everybody's just kind of growing up. They stop playing. They have kids. They don't have time anymore. Not me, obviously, but all all of my other friends. Goddamn adults. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, like I used to be a big fan of the series, but especially since now that they're in the future, it's an overplayed gimmick because they've been in the future now for the past like four or five
1: games. And okay,
0: yeah. So like all the weapons are futuristic, and I don't know what's more powerful than what, like what's better than what.
1: So when you start having a spreadsheet to play the game, you're out.
0: Yeah, and then also like I, I don't like the fact that everything's going mic- micro transactions, and um, I don't want to see a Steam bundle of Call of Duty for two hundred dollars, right? When all it is is extras.
1: Uh, my thing about micro transactions, if they're purely cosmetic. I don't have a whole lot of problem with it because if you want to customize your shit, go ahead. It's not my thing, but whatever. But if you have microtransactions that give you a competitive edge in the game, I think that's bullshit.
0: Of course, but that's actually not what I'm talking about at all. I'm talking about whenever I inevitably lose and I get the, I'm get, i the last kill in the match, I don't want a guy with like cool glittery armor to be teabagging me at the <laughs> very end of the match where everyone can see. Like, There's something about someone with a customized paid for like skin killing you or or humiliating you that's even worse than just dying in the game
1: see again i'm i don't play fps's that doesn't have you ever tried yeah what was the last one you played the last one i played was maybe halo 2 halo 2 yeah holy crap okay it's just not my bag at all i don't like I get kind of motion sickness when I'm trying to swing around and shoot somebody. Uh-huh. And I just don't have the twitch reflexes for it. It's just not my thing. Oh, Closest well. thing I get to shooters was like Mass Effect or Gears of War.
0: Okay. Well, okay. I mean, Gears of War is close. It's, you know. I mean, I get,
1: third person's a little bit easier for me. I don't know why. It's two
0: persons off. Yeah. Is what it is. this is Craig Wade and Brian Allen Delaney from B Movies and eBooks, a podcast about cult and horror films and genre fiction. You can catch new episodes on iTunes and Stitcher every Wednesday. B Movies and eBooks. We bleed fiction. Yeah, I've always liked first-person shooters because I've always enjoyed like every time they try to do like virtual reality in movies, that's always been my favorite part. Like Lawnmower Man was one of my favorite movies as a kid just because they went into the computer and <laughs> could mess around. Like that's that was so cool to me that you could go into another world but still be in your li- your living room. Yeah. And the second I can fucking afford it, I'm buying a Vive. Like it's happening. Like I need to upgrade my rig, set up my room for it, but that's totally happening. I may have to end the podcast if that chair won't fit in here <laughs> <laughs> with my Vive. It's like, sorry. He's playing video games now. He doesn't have time for this.
1: No, nope, we'll just it'll be completely text based <laughs>
0: You're gonna have a you to have a blog by yourself.
1: Yeah. Uh, half it'll be ro- ranting, goddamn Rodney, with a stupid vibe.
0: Yeah, and I'll just be having the time of my life. <laughs> like I honestly, I can't wait.
1: At this point, I wouldn't blame you. Who wouldn't <laughs> want to escape right now?
0: Oh uh, yeah, I know. And then we keep coming back to it. I'm just I'm trying to forget, Mike.
1: I'm trying. Well, I mean. It's still fresh, so I can understand it, but eventually we're going to have to, you know, cowboy up and get to work.
0: Yeah, very much so, because, I mean, like, 2018 is not far away. I mean, if we we start planning now, I mean, I'm hoping that we can take back some of the House seats.
1: I mean, all the House seats are open. Mm -hmm. I think it's, what, half the Senate?
0: Um, you know what? I had the number earlier today. I'm, I'm not sure off the top of my head. Then, but yeah, it's all the House.
1: I know that for then a fact. quite a few governors. We have Ted Cruz coming up. We could kick him out, which would be fantastic. Yeah. And I think he squandered so much goodwill during this uh, election cycle that we might actually have a shot to do that.
0: Yeah, and, and he was one of the ones that crumbled yeah. and ended up endorsing Trump after saying he would never endorse Trump.
1: Like I said in the first podcast, if you call my wife a dog, we're fighting. I'm never going to say, I want you to lead my country. Yeah. So yeah. he was, to my eyes, he's a political coward.
0: Yeah. A coward, period. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't even feel like we need to throw the political in there.
1: Yep. Yeah. Okay. I'll go with that.
0: Yeah. He, he's definitely one of the ones that deserves not to have his seat.
1: So have you seen, um, uh, what Trump has vowed to do within his hundred day, first 100 days. I've actually avoided that article.
0: I literally have avoided that article. I, now, I I, I I do have to say this. To his credit, it's only been three days. Country's still here.
1: Yeah. Although he has whined about the protesters on Twitter.
0: Yeah, and then also praised them.
1: I don't know if you saw that. So, you know, business as usual for him.
0: Yeah. Speaking out of both sides of his face already. And... and I,
1: I'm telling and you, draining the swamp by bringing in Newt Gingrich—that that works. That's what exactly what I was about to bring up. He is bringing in
0: the establishment's establishment, like, you know, it may have been like last generation's establishment. He's got Newt Gingrich, uh, Sarah Palin. He's bringing in Ben Carson. Oh, as the director of education.
1: You would think having a neurosurgeon, he would have been the surgeon general, but you know that's nope. <sighs>
0: I feel like he just kind of threw down a bunch of names. And they were just like, yeah, just put him somewhere. You know what's funny,
1: though? Chris Christie isn't getting shit.
0: I saw that. I could not believe
1: that at all. Like, nothing? Doesn't seem that way.
0: Uh, They are cutting him off. Like, they know he's going to jail. (laughs)
1: There's got to be bad news when Donald Trump doesn't want to associate with you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: And, And that campaign was the only thing keeping him safe.
1: Yeah. You know, I will say this. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I, I will. I've, I did read what Trump said, and there are some things I actually agree with. He talks about limiting term—or li- setting term limits for Congress, mm-hmm. forbidding exiting politicians to become, from becoming lobbyists for, I think, five years. Five years, uh-huh. So that's stuff that both sides of the—you know, Republicans and Democrats can both get behind. Therefore, it will never actually happen. Well, I'm being very cynical. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. um, No, I'm.
0: God, it's so hard to talk about because the emotions are so deep seated. Yeah. But I have seen Trump say things in the last three days that I almost respect. I almost I'm almost there like it. it, I'm sure it'll, it'll be a little while for me to feel like this is normal America. He's already saying things like, oh, maybe I'm not going to repeal Obamacare. Maybe I'm just going to fix it. You know, I like the fact that uh, you've got the preconditions in there. He wants to keep that. You know, like he's already saying and doing things that are slowly sliding him back towards the middle a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think it would be just hilarious if it turned out this whole Republican braggadocio thing was a complete troll. And he ends up being another centrist? Man, uh,
0: that's our best case scenario. It
1: is. And,
0: like, it's outrageous to think that somebody would just get out and lie to the entire country as he was running a campaign and then get into the position and then actually be an effective leader.
1: That would be hilarious. Lying his way into advantage has been Trump's M.O. from the beginning, though. So, would we really be that surprised that he lied to get his way in and is going to do something different?
0: No. And oddly enough, like I was a, as a kid, that's exactly what I wondered all the time is like, why doesn't someone just pander, 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 get there and then just be like, oh, yeah, no, fuck all that stuff. I was kidding. Like, I just need to get where I am now so that I can do the things I want to do.
1: I mean, granted, that probably makes would make you a single term can you know, president, but
0: eh. you could do a lot of good in four years.
1: If, if you, you don't get stonewalled, it, yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. If you don't get stonewalled. And that's the problem. And, and that was a very naive thought as a kid, but that's what I wondered all the time is like, why don't people just do that? Get to the position you want by saying and doing anything you need to do. I mean, I, I, I like to think that I, I've evolved a little bit since then, but I mean, like, that was a thought that I used to have as a kid, and maybe Trump made that a reality. I, I don't know.
1: We'll see. I'm really. I'm really trying to give him the benefit of the doubt and I think it would be easier for me because again, straight white male all the vitriol was not aimed at me but the fact that he said the things he said and that all the people that are the other in this country are so shit scared about everything I don't know if I can give him the benefit of the doubt with the uh, environment he's created
0: I don't think we're in a position where we have a choice. Yeah. I mean, he, he unless something amazingly incredible happens, I mean, he's going to, he's going to be the president for the next four years. And uh, it's, it's only been three days. So I apologize if this has been hard to listen to because, you know, a week from now, it may sound like we're just whining, right? but like right now it, it's still very fresh and it's still very painful. And I, and a part of me feels like we were lied to. Not just by our candidate, but by the faith that we've had in America. Like, on my other podcast, because this was about a year ago when Trump um, first announced his candidacy, like, I was one of the ones that thought he was just a big joke, you know? And I was like, even if Trump gets all the way and is the nominee against whoever it was, which ended up being Hillary Clinton, uh, even then I said, I— have more faith in americans than to vote for someone like that like even republicans like i thought that republicans would come out against trump because of everything he is but that's not what happened we saw this rise of basically white males and a surprising number of white females and an even more surprising number of hispanic people um which and i do understand that Whenever you say, like, Latino, that's many different countries. Right. So while Trump may be saying, hey, let's deport all these Mexicans, that doesn't necessarily lead to Latino numbers. Right. So, But but that's just what happened. Like, that's why we lost
1: the election. There's just so much anger at, against the establishment. As someone who was the complete picture of the status quo, it didn't help that it was Hillary and she's had all of this stuff thrown at her. Basically, since we've been alive. Mm -hmm. So, people have had 25, 30 years of just hate. Yeah.
0: And I mean, I know we were both Bernie supporters in the beginning in the primaries, but like, there's something to be said. Like, Clinton ended up getting it. You know, it wasn't who we wanted, but we had a supporter because she was better than the alternative. And then she lost. I mean, uh, basically, what I'm getting at here is. I'm trying to find the silver lining in it. You know, to me, the silver lining of all of this is that for the next four years, hopefully sooner, but four years, comedy is going to be amazing. Horror movies. You're going to see some of the best ever. Um,
1: Purge came out a little bit early, I guess.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Was Purge good in your, your eyes?
1: Um, I've, I think I've only seen one, and it was unremarkable. It wasn't terrible. Yeah, it w-
0: they're, they're not horrible movies. But, um, oh, rock music. You're going to see a resurgence of metal. So some of a Down has
1: a new album coming out soon.
0: Exactly, exactly. Perfect timing. Um, but I, I think what my main point is, I'm going to see about coming around to not... Absolutely hating Trump, especially if he can do a graceful kind of slide to the middle without causing riots.
1: And if he can actually do some of the things he's talking about, if he could find some way to actually impose these term limits on Congress that he was talking about or impose those injunctions against politicians becoming lobbyists, that would actually do, I think, a lot of good. I just don't see how he's going to be able to do that when you've got Congress people on the right and left that you know that's their ban- that's their you know retirement fund right there is going into lobbying after their mm-hmm. after they get voted out. You know the Roe v. Wade thing, EPA is fucked.
0: I mean, there's a lot of things that we can worry about right now, but it's all premature worrying. It is. I mean, he said things that have have. Definitely incited fear in a lot of people for their loved ones, you know, minorities. I mean, he said these things, but now that he has the office, let's see if the weight of the crown can calm him down a little bit. You know, and that's a horrible way to say it because so many people have compared him to a dictator. But let's see what he can actually do because he's already there. Um, I know Bernie Sanders has come out in favor of working with him on things that could help people. He said, I will not help him, and I will stand up against him for anything he works towards that would hurt people or take away uh, benefits or put anyone in danger. So he's basically already said that. Uh, Elizabeth Warren has said something very similar. I'm looking forward to working with President-elect Trump, but only in in this manner.
1: Right. And that's all we really can do. Just wait and see and Get ready for midterms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, right now, it sounds like we're ranting, and frankly, we kind of are. Yeah. And I think that we'll hopefully have a little bit of a better, better handle on it in the next episode after the emotions aren't quite so raw. So, yeah, I guess we just wait and see, and, you know, we go Mad-Eye Moody, constant vigilance.
0: Yeah. So... I mean, we don't have a lot of time since this is a like a post-election kind of episode. Um, we don't have a lot of time to get into a lot of other nerd things this week because it was such a heavy thing that happened last week. I figured, I don't know, maybe we needed a little bit of levity. You know, okay. we needed to, to lighten things up a bit here on Nerds on the Left. Um, how do you feel about uh, answering some questions for the rest
1: of the episode? Sounds good. Let's do that.
0: Okay, yeah. Okay. so um, we'll take a short break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll answer some questions uh, from our fans and audience.
1: You're in a zombie apocalypse. You have one weapon, and it's not a gun. What is it?
0: Like a scythe. A car. Grenades.
1: Like a flare gun, maybe.
0: Piranhas. <laughs> <laughs> bat. A bat? Baseball bat. Hands down. Machete. It's obviously a Lobo. <sighs> uh loppers slingshot,
1: <gasps>
0: yeah like a ground mounted slingshot that shoots bricks
1: catch the seven deadly questions on the basement on a hill hear all new episodes every tuesday the basement on a hill horror and comedy for people who hate horror comedies
0: And we're back. So what was it? 2 or 3 weeks ago we did the last uh beanbag of questions.
1: Yeah, I think or it was beanie about that. of questions. And we've got a few more just pouring in now.
0: Yeah, uh, unfortunately I'm seeing some of the same names. So if you could uh, if you guys want to submit questions, you always can hit us up on Twitter at nerds on the left. Um, you can also find us on Facebook. Uh, we're really active on Facebook. So as opposed to a beanie of questions, I just have a piece of paper now uh, with some questions written on them. And I figure we could just ask them.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're both answering them anyway. So. Yeah,
0: exactly. So uh, we can dispense with the bean beanie.
1: It's like anyone's seeing us pull it out of the hat anyway.
0: Exactly. We, we, you know we could have just st- done the same. St- yeah, exactly. We could have been doing the exact same thing. Um so, uh, Destroy uh, the
1: mystique, why don't you, Rodney? Uh,
0: yeah, of course. You have to do that. I like tearing down the walls. I Pay like no attention back to the, the man curtain. behind the curtain. Yeah, I like pulling back the curtain. I want to see the man. Because um, you never know when that's a sexy lady. <laughs> so we'll, just, we'll go straight through them. How about that? Um, Sounds good. First question is from Case Chafin. Um, who's the best Robin in your opinion? Also... Oh, he's got a two-parter. He tried to sneak a, snuck- a second one in here. All right. Also, why do you think DC's approach to diversity is better than Marvel's with how it reflects in sales? Let's,
1: let's tackle the Robin one first. Uh, I think I would have to go with Damian Wayne. Really? Yeah. With a caveat, Damian Wayne as Robin when Dick Grayson was Batman was the most fun I've had in Batman comics in years. I just love that dichotomy that switch where Batman was the guy crack you know, kinda cracking jokes and making you know, uplifting everyone. Mm-hmm. And
0: Robin was serious the and dark brooding bastard, yeah. Yeah. As a ten
1: year old kid. Um, I,
0: I think my my favorite Robin, I'm really enjoying Duke. Yeah? Yeah. Like I'm enjoying the suit. I like his uh like the I don't know, are they nunchucks? <laughs> like they, they almost seem like Like the the things that Daredevil has?
1: Yeah, the little um, collie stick things. Yeah. Oh,
0: look at you. Bust out the big words. So, yeah, but I'm really enjoying Duke and getting to know him as a Robin.
1: See, and I know stock answer is Dick Grayson, but I don't even think of Dick Grayson as Robin anymore. He's been Nightwing for me for so long that that's who Mm -hmm. he is. Yeah. The same with Jason Todd. He's the Red Hood. Mm -hmm. I mean, and then Tim Drake was just the next guy. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I Now I will say I did love it When Jason Todd died
1: I think I think I, I did too But simply because so many people got pissed off Because they thought they just killed Dick Grayson
0: <laughs> No I, I enjoyed reading that Because I like the way I, If you don't know this is the way they figured out If they were going to kill him or not There was a 1-800 number That you could call if you wanted to keep him alive And a 1-800 number if you wanted him to die
1: I don't think they expected him to die uh,
0: they, put, they said they put an issue of each ending in the drawer and the next day they pulled the one out that everyone (laughs) voted for and everyone wanted him to die or not everyone, but a majority of people wanted him to die. I love that. (laughs) That's awesome to me. Um, So yeah, but Duke is Duke is definitely my answer. Um, Second part of the question. uh, Why do you think DC's approach to diversity is better than Marvel's with how it reflects in sales?
1: That seems to be a leading question because that assumes that we do think DC's approach is better than Marvel's.
0: Well, my question is what approach like uh, of the justice league what cyborg is black i mean they, now they have a they have a new uh chinese superman but i mean well i, I don't know what, what, what else did they well, it's not just
1: racial diversity i don't think i mean there's plenty of other kinds of diversity i mean look at Midnighter and apollo
0: Okay, yeah. I mean... But that's not something really new that they changed that would affect, have affected sales.
1: No, but I... A lot of times, especially when it comes to sexuality, at least recently, it seems like Marvel is really... decides to make it an integral part of the character and be like, look at this person. He's gay. We want you to like him. And with, with Midnight and Apollo, they are just two badass superheroes who are just happen to be gay. It's not... I don't, don't want to say it's not integral to their character, but it seems maybe more nuanced a little bit instead of bashing you over the head with it.
0: See, a lot of people describe it like that, like like violently shoving it down your throats, and, and I, I normally don't see it like that. Um, now, there have been more tasteful ways to... Uh, show someone come out of the closet. But at the same time, if in my eyes, if that comic helped like one gay kid, when, when say just for instance, uh, Iceman came out, if, if one gay kid read that and, and thought, Oh, well maybe I can tell someone, maybe I can be myself in front of people. That's all that's worth it to me. I mean, maybe, maybe it's not the most interesting thing to read for everyone. Um, but at the same time, I mean, if it, It's possible that that saved someone's life. You know? uh, It's not out of the realm of possibility. But... uh, Back to the question, though. The way DC handles it... Honestly, I can't think of anything that they've done... Other than... Add the Chinese Superman.
1: I I mean, mean, they
0: made... They made... Lex Luthor a Superman. An old, rich, white man. They made... uh, Lois Lane... A superwoman, right?
1: They made Wonder Woman bisexual, but I mean, let's face, that's been going on yeah, for years. They just now,
0: you know what? I just thought the Green Lanterns are both um, people of color. Um,
1: the, yeah, both of them on Earth. Yes.
0: Yeah, Simon Baz is from Palestine.
1: I think he's a Palestinian American. Oh, okay. But still, you know, he's of Pal- Middle Eastern descent, yeah. and you know, it seems devoutly Islamic, mm-hmm. which also. Kind of puts, you know, goes back to Marvel with uh, Malala Miss... Mm -hmm. uh, Miss Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel. Mm -hmm. What's her, do you know her actual name? Kamala Kamala. Khan. Kamala Khan. Okay.
0: And she's actually one of the books that I don't enjoy. Really? Yeah.
1: I love the hell out of that book. Every,
0: Everyone does. Everyone I talk to is just like, "Ms. Marvel's the best thing ever." I'm just like, "Okay, she's Mr. Fantastic." Like, <laughs> yeah, she, that's all that's all I've seen her do really. Now, I kind of like the whole romance between her and uh Miles Morales. Yeah. But other than that, she's just like a female Mr. Fantastic who's less smart. <laughs> and I'm I think I'm getting um, I think I'm getting old enough that I don't give a shit about high school stuff anymore. Yeah,
1: I could see that. You
0: know, like, I don't give a shit that you missed a test or that, like, your friends are gossiping about you or, wh- or whatever fucking happens in high school. I got bills to pay. <laughs> exactly. Like, fucking mortgages still due on the third every month.
1: I, w- I am interested to see how the Trump presidency is going to affect those kind of books, but I don't want to get to politics. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Stick to the question.
0: <laughs> Stick to the question. So, um, but I, I will say Marvel's done a very odd Job. I feel like they've moved been very, very quickly. Uneven. Exactly. That's the perfect way to put it. It's been very uneven. Um some I mean, characters every, just boom, suddenly in a different demographic than they were before.
1: Every time they do something what you know, well with say a Miles Morales or a Miss Marvel, then you get something like Iceman, and you're just like, what the hell?
0: Yeah, but at the same time, who didn't know Iceman was gay? <laughs> like uh,
1: apparently uh Iceman didn't. Iceman knew, no.
0: Like literally, the, like when it was announced, a buddy of mine goes, "Hey, guess who's gay in Marvel now?" I was like, "Iceman." He was like, "How did you know?" I was like, "I didn't know. <laughs> I just, I've just always thought that he was gay. Like he's always just kind of struck me as kind of a gay character. But I, I really want to see him. Oh, we've talked about that before. Like Iceman, like is one of the most powerful mutants yeah. ever, but he well, never gets to let loose.
1: Let him really be
0: him. Yeah, that's what I want. And I'm hoping that him coming out of the closet for some reason was just like... unlocks his power. Exactly. It was like a mind lock or something.
1: Like Superman?
0: Yes. He um, just...
1: Right now, he's in a, they're in a battle for limbo. He'll just freeze the entire
0: plane. <laughs> um, oh, here's another comic one. Uh, Trent Self, uh, what are your thoughts on the Captain America Steve Rogers run of comics? As a big Steve Rogers fan, I find it an interesting turn of events that really shakes up who I've always thought Steve was. Are you familiar with this at all?
1: Not very. I mean, I heard the controversy when this first thing started, when it first started. But as far as the full backstory, no, I, I'm not.
0: Very quickly, at Pleasant Hill, um, S.H.I.E.L.D. was using a sentient version of the Cosmic Cube to change people into thinking that they were... Someone else Okay And that they lived in Almost this kind of like Virtual reality Kind of existence Where everything was Hunky-dory in 1950s um, But That that Cosmic Cube's name is Kobik And at some point Kobik uh, Met the Red Skull And trusted him And the Red Skull Asked her to change steve rogers history
1: because who wouldn't trust that face
0: yeah (laughs) well she's very trusting she's a girl like a a, she has the mentality of a young like eight-year-old girl or something like that um she's very powerful but very simple like at at one point i think they try to capture like some some bad dudes try to capture her by throwing her like a birthday party (laughs) like in the middle of the woods or something like that they were all dressed in their like their deadly outfits or whatever like their their villain outfits (laughs) and she was just like Hey, who's the party for? I want to join. <laughs> wow. And they were like, hey, we're throwing you the party. Uh, I want to say that was Craven the Hunter that, that actually did that. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: He's kind of out of his league power-wise, isn't he?
0: Yeah, but that's all he did. He's, he threw a party, and they're just like, hey, why don't you come with me? Um, anyway.
1: Don't talk to strangers, kids.
0: Yeah, don't talk to strangers. Um, anyway, Red Skull basically told her to change Captain America's his, history because power... I mean, uh, Cosmic Cubes have the power to change reality. So basically change his history so that he's always been a secret agent of Hydra. So
1: this isn't just him getting his mind warped. This is a, actually switch his entire backstory, yes? That is my understanding. Okay.
0: Could be wrong. I, I think I'm an issue or two behind of that, of that one. But uh, it's been really interesting so far. It, just showing him doing what he's doing now that everyone sees – that he's Captain America, mm-hmm. and then what he's really trying to do behind the scenes.
1: And, it, and it's interesting, and it keeps the uh, you know the real spirit and history of the character from being polluted by this. Because if they had just turned him to being just a Hydra agent the entire I time, I never would read it again. Right,
0: and I think that's part of the the controversy when that first issue came out, and the very last page is a big page of him, um, and he just said "Hail Hydra."
1: And just like. The fuck
0: Yeah exactly Like everyone started Burning issues Which I don't understand that You've already bought the issue Yeah Right They have already have your money
1: And you're just You know Making resales go up in value
0: Yeah You're making my copy Go up Keep burning them people I don't mind But uh, it, it was a big shock To everyone's system Whenever that happened And they were like I've been reading this character He is the United States. Captain America Is the United States Like he always has been
1: Well that was prophetic Wasn't it <laughs> Sorry, sorry, back stop on Stop it, stop it. Stay on target.
0: Um, so, I mean, that's just who Captain America is. He is the United States. So whenever you change the character's back history like that, it's it's a shock to people's system.
1: Yeah, but and it's really, I don't understand quite the controversy because it's comics and you know there's going to be something behind it. They're not just going to... Well, they could just retcon everything, but let's face it. They they knew what they were doing Well, when
0: you're talking with Cosmic Cubes, it's very easy to change anything.
1: So, I'm not very familiar with this, so I can't really give this answer. Mm -hmm. So, go ahead. do you want a nerd question or do you want a political question? Oh, let's go nerd. Nerd? This is going to be our last nerd question, so we'll two (laughs) political right in a row. All right. Uh, This is from... This one's familiar. Melissa Corteau. (laughs) Yeah. Were there any video games you played as a kid that you never beat? For me, there are quite a few that I never beat because I sucked.
0: Especially when we were kids, there was no save feature. No. Like, if you didn't beat it all the way through. Yeah, there's tons of games that I didn't beat as a kid. Thinking about it now, Castlevania's, uh, well, all the Castlevanias. I don't think I've ever finished a Castlevania.
1: I never beat Mike Tyson's Punch-Out!!
0: Oh, yeah, Mike Tyson was a bitch.
1: Yeah, before he got turned into whatever he got turned into. Um, King Hippo? He was already in the game. It was like some...
0: Oh Of course, King Hippo's the first one you fight.
1: Like Mr. Wonderful, some weird generic...
0: Oh, okay. Generic... See, I didn't even get that far.
1: It was I... like some generic whitewashing of Mike Tyson after the whole uh, Robin Givens thing.
0: Yeah, no, I never, I never understood the patterns that I was yeah. supposed to be doing. Like, I just got my ass kicked. Once they started punching back, I would get my ass kicked every time.
1: This is why I'm actually kind of really interested in the NES classics, because I want revenge.
0: Yeah, and, and it helps that it has a safe feature. <laughs> yes. Um, we may actually be
1: able to beat all these games now. You could be on the last level, and your mom would be, you gotta go outside, but I'm on the last level. Power off. Yep. You don't know what you just did. <laughs> I've been sitting here. My
0: hands are numb. This This rectangular, sharp-edged controller is digging into my palm like you just killed me mother and you don't even know it she's just like go outside and pick up sticks like fuck oh yeah so there are numerous amounts of games that i haven't finished honestly there's some i haven't finished now exactly like i'm a big like i almost collect games on steam like there's so many that i haven't even played i think i have like
1: seven eight thousand games jesus
0: yeah don't judge me okay i had i have issues was that a sufficient answer
1: i think so i mean before the save Mm. feature there were Hundreds.
0: Now let's let's reverse it. What is a game that you beat as a kid that you were proud of that you beat? Because obviously we we could answer it. Like, Are we
1: going like yeah, let's old school, school Nintendo, as, Nintendo or Howard, Super, Howard,
0: whatever you want. Um, like you know, uh, under under eighteen,
1: under eighteen. Uh, Mario Brothers three.
0: Really? Yeah, you were proud of yourself for that.
1: I was. I was like, what? When did it come out? Early 90s? Okay. So I was I mean, like five or six? I
0: guess. i just like now I play it. I'm just like. Ah, yeah. Now it's. blow right through it. Yeah.
1: You almost start trying to speed run. <laughs> I'm not that good.
0: Yeah. Me neither. I, I don't even understand. Like I don't understand the. What you get out of a speed run. Playing the same thing over and over and over. Just shaving seconds off.
1: Just. I don't get it either. But it's, it's really like, fun Like if to I watch. wanted
0: to self improve myself. I'd work out.
1: It is fun to watch though, see how fast some of these guys get.
0: Okay, see that I understand because then you're only seeing them at, at their that, best, exactly, not <laughs> grinding for hours on it, <laughs> not the 500 hours they practiced. Um, no, I think mine was probably a Lion King for the Sega Genesis.
1: Now that, are you proud of it because you beat it, or proud of it that you actually survived it? Because the controllers on that, the controls on that, was just God awful. I it,
0: I just, I know that not a whole lot of people beat it at my age, like when we were playing it. And um, like, that's why I felt really proud, like, cause no, none of my friends had been <laughs> able to beat it yet. They were like, how the fuck do you get past the, the level with all the thorns and the hyenas? And I'm just like, just fucking kick ass, man.
1: Okay. I have another one too. I was super proud when my brother and I were taking turns and we beat the original Mortal Kombat. Shang Tsung was a bitch. Yeah, I,
0: I feel like I'm pretty good at Mortal Kombat until that very last level. Yeah, because latter that's like a cheats. They're cheating.
1: It's like you're floating over the ground half the time. I just beat people with sweeps. What the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you get later on, and I think Mortal Kombat two had that cent or three had that centaur guy. You couldn't even use projectiles against him. Like, the fuck, guys?
0: Yeah. It's It's
1: always, like, the last boss turns into a cheating bastard.
0: (laughs) That's just a staple of Mortal Kombat, like...
1: Well, it seems like a staple of fighting games in general. Damn near broke a controller beating Street Fighter V because Bison was such an asshole. Wow, do you play a lot of fighting games? Um, not as many as you would think, but... Every once in a while, it's fun to have a bunch of people over and just beat the shit out of each other.
0: Okay, maybe we need to do that at some point because yeah. I've got some. I've got more, uh, Marvel vs. Capcom three. Ooh, it's just collecting dust. That'd be fun, dude. I love Mar- Mar- Marvel vs. Capcom three. Um, what's the next question?
1: Okay, uh, looks we like getting we're political we're, now, aren't we? We Fuck. are getting political. This is from Chuck Clements. Do the nerds think that there could ever be a candidate who instills progressive actions but has moderate values? Someone that can literally reach both sides of the aisle and get people to agree and truly have both sides compromise yeah, a little? I think I want this one. To achieve a greater purpose? Yeah, no. Done.
0: <laughs> Short answer, no. Um, because we're so divisive now that you can't say, okay, so red team, you want no abortions. Blue team, you want... Abortions if the mom is life is in danger, red team. Can we say that if you know the mom's life is in danger and the baby's less than six months old, or the 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 fetus is only six months,
1: or the fetus has some terminal thing that where th- there's no going compromise to... is what basically yeah. what I'm saying.
0: Everyone is hardline with their position,
1: especially social issues.
0: Uh, yeah, especially. So- I and mean, I think that's the reason though is because they affect so many people. Yeah. you know like if you say the wrong thing on a social issue you instantly have people calling you you instantly have people calling and complaining and rising up in the streets and it's like okay listen i'm I'm doing my best here I'm trying to compromise and yet you're gonna make everyone angry so the short answer no I, I don't think that's possible at least not not until we get not unless until we have a uh an enemy we can all get behind um like we did in World War two um. Or The Watchman uh,
1: graphic novel? See, I thought that's what we had here, but then we elected him.
0: I I can't explain it, buddy. I can't (laughs) explain it. But answer the question, no.
1: All right. And this this is the last one from Christine Corteau. How do we as progressives recover from this in a positive and productive way? How do we use these feelings of impotent rage and fear and turn them into change? How do we start now for 2018 and 2020?
0: Something that we were going to talk about anyway, so let's kind of get into that. Um, Because 2018 is the next big election that we can change the horrible thing that happened, you know, last week. Yeah. So I've already been seeing people on Facebook ask, this is not what I wanted. I didn't vote. I didn't do enough. What can I do now? Fucking vote. (laughs) That's step one. Um, other than voting, um, you can register other voters. You can get involved with local clubs, um, however, your politics fall. I mean, you can find third party clubs sometimes. Um, they're probably not as common as like Democrat clubs, Republican clubs.
1: You got to really search for those. But.
0: Yeah. Um, but you can hey, find these places online. Talk to our
1: friend Sean at It's Me Hendricks on Twitter. He might be able to help you out. With what? The third-party clubs, at least for a Green Party.
0: Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll maybe we'll put some websites for people to find you in know. the description. Um, but I mean, uh, we can do a few different things. Um, be vocal about your beliefs whenever you see someone spouting bullshit. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot of different things that we can do for 2018, and we got to get started now.
1: And when he says be vocal about your beliefs. He doesn't mean attack the other person. He means state your beliefs, be rational, refute what he's saying, but you don't have to attack people personally. And I think right now so many of us, even the winning side is still angry.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we're just going straight to personal attacks. And that's part of the reason, Chuck, why we can't get anything done because as soon as someone disagrees with you, it means – there's something wrong with you as a person, and it's just toxic. Yeah,
0: what was it, like 49? 40, no, 46.9, point point I think. Yeah, that sounds right.
1: So, so basically half the country decided, no, we're just going to stay home.
0: Yeah, and even though Clinton won the popular vote, unfortunately that's not what we go after. We go after the Electoral College. So,
1: And I, I think we can touch on the Electoral College a little bit. I don't want to. I don't honestly don't want to see it thrown out because I think one of the that's one of the ways we prevent election rigging, mm. but maybe tweak it to where it's not quite so winner take all.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's, granted, there's a lot is, of arguments on both sides for this. Yeah, this yeah. is one of those very few topics <laughs> that doesn't have. Uh, oh, yes, that's the way we should go, or right. no, that's the way we should I go. I mean,
1: obviously, right now, one side is definitely saying, the Electoral College is perfect, even though in 2012, he hated it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I saw those same tweets. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. So <laughs> and, Trump granted, actually...
1: and obviously, the left is angry because we've been fucked twice on this.
0: <laughs> yeah, in but, 16 years, we've been fucked twice.
1: But I don't think we should throw it out completely. And this is coming from the side who lost. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of the message we need to go for. We have to be able to look on the other side of the aisle, put personal anger aside, and try to make this the best you know make the best of this situation yeah, and i and it's very difficult right now. I know it's difficult we I've already been in you know Facebook arguments with people talking about how. Like the protests are are being manipulated by George Soros and just what? Wait, what? Yeah, that's what I said. I don't know. like. There's gonna I, be a I lot of. I don't have bullshit. enough breadcrumbs to get home.
0: There's gonna be so much bullshit for the next couple weeks. It's gonna be really hard to cut through it all.
1: But uh, it's al- it almost makes you want to just stay on radio silence. But yeah, I don't
0: know. But one thing that I'm really trying to learn from this election. And maybe you're right, you said it earlier, maybe we're in some sort of liberal bubble the same way that you know some people are in a conservative bubble. Because all we talk to are other people with views like
1: ours. And that's the problem with both sides.
0: Yeah, 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 of course. But I think, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to learn from this election, I'm really going to try, even though maybe they don't say it in the most intelligent or um, in the best, most discernible way... I'm going to try and listen to the problems that people are having. Michael Moore is, is, I don't know if you've heard his little spiel, but he's saying in a very respectable kind of way that people are just as scared as we are and have been for the last few years. I'm sorry, let me re say that. People have been just as scared for the last eight years as we have the last few days. You know, I mean, can you imagine feeling like this for? Eight whole years. Um, I, I can't.
1: That's going to be hard enough for four.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so I'm going to try and do a better job of listening to those people. And even though some of what they say flies in the face of what our numbers say, I need to I need to still listen to what they're actually saying, because even if it's based on a lie, what the information that they are getting that's their world. Their perspective is their reality. So uh, I'm going to try and listen more. Um, whenever people say things.
1: And and it's really hard because sometimes your, you know, your bullshit detector just wants to explode.
0: It does. And it's very quick and easy to say something snarky or say something sarcastic or condescending.
1: Yeah. And I'm guilty of that as much as I try not to, I'm, Totally, especially the last few days. So, yeah. to people who I've done that to, you know what? I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and apologize, too. I, I, know, I know I've know i gotten into it with uh, Mr. Chaffin, one of the people that uh, have, have wrote a, in a question for us. I've gotten into him with him a little bit on Facebook. Um, I don't know. Facebook is just becoming a little bit of a war zone.
1: Well, that's the problem with social media in general. The stuff that we say to each other, we type, We would never say it in that way face to face. You know, there's just this wall that makes you feel like you have a safe space to say whatever the hell you want because, you know, no one's going to come and punch you in the mouth for being a dick. (laughs)
0: Speaking of, this was about, I'm probably going to end up cutting this anyway, but um, about two days before the election. Uh, I was in our DNC, or DNC. I was in our band headquarters, and uh, an old man came in, and everybody obviously was like very nice and was like, "Hey, hey, what can we help you with?" And he started the second he opened his mouth, we knew we were all in trouble. He goes, "Can you explain to me how, when Hillary gets indicted, she and all of her?" And we were just like, "Sir, you need to leave. We're not going to engage you. Like, you just need to go." And we ended up having to, like, three of the bigger people there end up, like, basically making a wall and walking him outside. <laughs> so, like, there are people like that on both sides looking for a fight. Oh,
1: yeah. I did. I posted something that was written by John Scalzi, and it, it pissed a lot of people off. And it was basically saying, no, the Trump supporters probably... Aren't ra- most of the Trump supporters probably aren't racist, but you had to hate the racist things he was saying less than you like some of his other policies. Mm-hmm. And this this is probably going to get cut too because I'm kind of rambling. But oh no, this is going to be a bad episode. Just like no matter what, yeah. I'm, how do we end this on a positive note? Jesus Christ. We we still have to see the people behind the argument
0: yeah yeah and and uh, and like i said i I think that's something that i'm gonna have to work on a little bit
1: and i am too Mm -hmm. it just but to make sure this doesn't happen again we have to know what they're talking about because obviously there's a lot of anger that we didn't see Mm -hmm. yeah frankly no that kind of vote frankly nobody saw it because everybody had already called this election for clinton weeks ago weeks ago
0: there, actually, I even heard that South Park had to redo an episode. Yeah,
1: they had to rewrite it on the fly.
0: Oh, which, man, those people are amazing. Anyway, I mean, such talent. Yeah. that they could do something like that.
1: I mean, they really—they make an episode a week, right? Just, Every six days. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw that documentary. It was fun.
0: It was short, but it was amazing.
1: Kind of encapsulates South Park as a whole, doesn't it? <laughs> well, the episodes, anyway.
0: Well, let's get the fuck out of here and and go do something and take our minds off this, right? And, and I, I know this episode has been kind of all over the place and, and a little bit sad and maybe not as funny as I'd like it to have been, but it's, it's kind of the, it encapsulates the mood. It's confused.
1: <laughs> well, we said we'd be on here recording. We can't just do it when we're on top.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So, and um, also, um, I don't want to take a four-year four hiatus.
1: Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is a glimmer of hope. There's still 2018. Worst case scenario, he does what we think he's going to do. People see what that the awful things he's going he does, and we vote all his buddies out in 2018, mm-hmm. and you know render him impotent. Yeah.
0: He would hate that. Anyway, no, don't do that. Go high, go high with it. Put this out, Put me out of my misery here, sir.
1: This was Nerds on the Left. I'm Mike. I'm Rodney. Hear from us next Tuesday. Till then, keep it nerdy.
0: the podcast you just heard is part of the b and e network
1: brought to you by b and ebooks.com